Welcome back to the Pop Culture Pop Quiz Podcast, or the Popcast for short, right here on COD Roadrunner Radio, your music, your voice, your station. I'm your navigator and host, Angelo, but you can call me L for short. On today's spectacular edition, we are joined by an enchanting mistress of the night who appears to be a huge expert on both witchcraft and horror in film, television, and even in video games. Would you introduce yourself pretty please? Hi everybody, my name is Angelina Quintanara, but you can also all call me Lina for short. Why don't you tell everyone what we're up to today? So here we are going to deep dive into the knowledge of, maybe just to give a little summary of like the misunderstandings of witchcraft and what we see in media and such. Ooh, something kind of edgy indeed. Well, all right then. Why don't you start off with a few examples that you can remember in any television or films? If you remember in the craft, like remember like how in the, how in the end of the film when the main girl, when she's like telling like Nancy, you know, like when she's like, when she's chanting the spell, like I bind you or so, which by the way, is a real spell. They had real witches on set on the craft. And I thought that was like the most interesting thing, not only like in the craft, but even in Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. No, if you actually remember American Horror Story Coven, that one, oh, oh. Oh, I got a lot of interesting things to talk about that one. In Coven, there were actually a lot, like when they were filming the season Coven, there were a lot of weird things happening on set. Like just, you know, like your, like just any like weird things you would probably expect, you know, if there's like a haunting, you know, where like maybe like lights flickering or all kinds of weird like sounds that literally like just unhuman type of behavior, like unhuman type of things you would see. And that's something they actually did have an American Horror Story that they actually did have, like, on the set that they actually had to, like, do, like, several, they had to cleanse the set several times. And, of course, they did have witches on set. Which, honestly, I do remember the most iconic part of that season. It's actually when Stevie Nicks actually comes out. Hey, special guest. Yeah, Stevie Nicks. She is an absolute icon. If she can appear in the Destiny's Child Bootylicious music video, then she can make an appearance in any television show she wants to. Come on now. Exactly. Like with Stevie Nicks, I do remember is that there were where people were accusing Stevie Nicks of being a witch, apparently. So if Stevie Nicks is actually a witch, then honestly, praise, praise the queen. I, I honestly just love her music. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all be sure to check out our folk and country rock block on here. We'll definitely play some Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac right here on COD Roadrunner <gasps> oh, Radio. Yes! For the most part, though, would you say that these said spells are portrayed accurately in films as they are with the actual practice? Now, our listeners can't see, but here in the studio right now, our lovely Enchantress of the Night is actually holding a book of spells in her hands. Why don't you talk a little bit about said book that you are holding right now? Okay, so this book is actually the the Book of Practical Witchcraft, and of course... This is actually by Pamela Ball, which, by the way, there are certain witchcraft books I should also mention, which Pamela Ball's books are actually, you know, they're very good. I actually do love her books. And there are very, like, they're a lot more simple. So if you're a beginner, then I would definitely highly, rec- highly recommend um, Pamela Ball's um, Practical Book of Witchcraft, which you can actually find at Five Below, by the way. Hey. But there are definitely certain like certain books I should say to like look out for and not purchase them. Like if they tell you that you can, you know, use white sage or practice voodoo, then those I do not recommend because those would be closed practices. And especially because white sage is very closed off to indigenous people. Voodoo, of course, you know, like I said, it is also a closed practice. 
So I do not recommend unless you are like within those communities, but I have really no say in it because like I said, it's not really something I would definitely like, you know, say like to get into exactly unless like you want to, you know, it's pretty much your choice. But if anything, like I know that the same also goes to Palo Santo, which I do actually use Palo Santos because I am actually, you know, I am Hispanic, so I could actually use Palo Santos. Come on, muchacha. <laughs> But overall, like, if anything else, just make sure to do your education, just research, you know, like, what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Especially, like, you know, um, like, there's, like, a lot of things you could probably say that are kind of frowned, that are very much, like, frowned upon. Things I could probably not recommend, like, weight loss spells. Like, instead of weight loss spells, you know, I would say aim more for self-love spells. Right. Besides, y'all, if you really want to lose weight that bad, it's called Weight Watchers, people. It's not that horde. Exactly. Would or you like, recommend any love potion spells to our listeners? Actually, yeah, sure. Yeah, come on, give it to us. If you want to make them obs- if you want them to obs- obsess over you, then go for it. Freaking go for it, honestly. Just go for it. Absolutely. I want to circle back a little bit to something you had said earlier because for those who may not be aware, your homeboy here is indeed indigenous. So, if said spells were to be cast, which ones in particular would those be? Uh, which spells? The ones that are closed off to indigenous folks such as myself. White sage. Ah, then there you go. You've heard it here first, people. White sage to the indigenous folks and whatever she said for all my Latina listeners out there. Hey! Palo Santo. Palo Santo, indeed. The sad thing is, though, is that because there's, like, the whole glorification or, like, people saying, like, people, like, using white sage even though they're not indigenous, it's also causing, like, a lot of, um, like, you, like, like a shortage with like white sages and stuff because there's just so many people using them that you know it's also like they're just using so much like white sage that you know there's kind of like just becoming like less of it or so Mm, not to mention a little bit of cultural appropriation undertones in there would you not agree yep a lot and that's the thing about witchcraft is something you have to look out for in the books is that when you do find the culture appropriation and such even like what you do like see in like certain Halloween stores, which honestly, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Spirit Halloween, my favorite Halloween store. Shout out to Spirit Halloween. Yeah. But the thing is, though, there are some things that you could probably talk about, like with Spirit Halloween, where they do sell like certain like witchcraft books and stuff, like actual like, you know, or like, you know, like or they sell like actual like, you know, things that are used like in practices and such. But the thing is, though, is that those are... um like you know and a lot of times like people would kind of just use it more as like a prop you know and they won't really use it like they'll just use it as a prop which honestly though like i don't really like um which i know that that does tend to happen a lot especially like in spencer's like there's kind of like some of their you know their like some of their books aren't really that great either or i also wouldn't really suggest getting crystals from there but i would always suggest getting them from small businesses because that is the best way to actually collect like crystals or if you want to get like herbs and such like just anything like or if you want to get like um or you just want to get like just start off with anything like i would say just get like you know i say just support your small support small businesses y'all and in the name of supporting small businesses this podcast happens to be brought to you by whatever company made this crystal that we're holding right here in the studio right now as we are currently speaking, I am holding this little cute green thing, which appears to be, you tell me, because I'm not good with minerals. It's actually green florit. 
Green fluoride, people. You heard it here first. Brought to you by I don't know what. We're not trying to be like those YouTube videos that put their annoying sponsorships like in the middle of the video when you're just trying to hear the damn point. But just like she said, we got to support the small businesses indeed. Yep. So, so go support them with the code. Do we even have codes here? I don't know. We can't afford that. So in the name of keeping the topic of horror genres going, we're going to dive deep a little bit into some of our favorite horror movies as well. If you're still with us, we are currently listening to the Pop Culture Pop Quiz podcast on COD Roadrunner Radio. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite movies and how accurate you think those spells are performed in said films. Well, I can definitely say in Sabrina, there are certain spells. Like, there is a spell that actually does involve memory erasing, which is a real spell, but they didn't fully complete it for the, just for the purpose of, like, because knowing how dangerous that spell could be, they just, like, didn't really perform it, like, fully. Mm. And a lot of times, of course, I don't really, like... A lot of times, I do see that there's a lot of things... Um, it's kind of, like, a really difficult subject for me to, like, get into because I'm still also, like, learning. There's still so many things I also am personally, like, learning. But I know there's a lot of things that are definitely very possible. And, of course, like, when you experiment with, like, magic and such, one of my biggest things I say is be extremely careful know what you're doing just know exactly what you're doing because with magic if you're using magic you gotta be very very careful like just you know it's basically the more you screw around you find out and you've heard it here folks angelina the teenage witch giving us a lot of (laughs) like real like facts here for for sure and especially like if you do want to especially like just any spell you do i do recommend the first thing you got to learn is your banishing and protection Protection, people. Do it. And I'm telling y'all baby witches right now, y'all better learn your protection. Mm-hmm. Protection first. Remember, y'all, protection is priority. And that is... Oh, on the TLC tip. Because... It's Britney Witch. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ciao. Anyways, if you're still with us at this haunting hour, you are currently listening to the Pop Culture Pop Quiz podcast right here on COD Roadrunner Radio. I want to shift subjects a little bit for all my introverted somethings out there that were raised by the internet in the early 2010s and also relates to this very spooky, scary skeleton subject of horror, a subgenre that is known by many to be something called creepy pastas. So do tell, because creepypastas have become such a huge part of, like, modern horror lore. What were some of your favorite creepypastas back then, and why? All I just remember is being, like, very obsessed with, like, Tiki Toby, and he was honestly my favorite. I know Jane the Killer, yes, or Sally, or Clockworks, which I feel like people actually forget about Clockwork. Like, she's just such, she's so underrated! Surprisingly, I remember Clockwork. <gasps> Respect! Thank you. I got mad respect right there. And of course, Slenderman, who we all know and love. And of course, I know. And I know some of y'all had that big crush on Slenderman. And the thing about Slenderman, and the thing I remember is that with Slenderman, there's like a lot of like, oh my gosh. Like, do you actually just remember the times where we would see like those skits? We'd like, oh, Slenderman caught on camera. And you would just see somebody like dressed in all, like somebody literally dressed up as Slenderman in the corner. <laughs> it's not horror. Just take any mannequin from a department store and just place it in the middle of the woods. And that's enough to fool people into thinking that it is said. Slender Man, just as long as it's in the extra large, extra tall size, might as well get it from Men's Warehouse. Brought to you by Men's Warehouse. <laughs> Even like all the skits where it's like, oh, don't watch. This is so scary. Creepypasta caught in real life. 
quite a popular topic back in the day, wasn't it? Especially at the height of the M. Night Shyamalan caught on camera type of films back then. Honestly, like there's like a lot of things I could probably like even just talk about. Like, there's just like a lot of things I probably talk about where it's like where people would actually believe that they were real. Oh, and then of course, remember Smile Dog? I do. Yes, like and that was like the whole chainmail thing that like, you know, type of like thing going on. Or when people would get chainmail and they would just be like sending it. And I'm like, I... I call this like a bunch of like, this is absolute bull. Like this is not, this doesn't like do anything. This is just people trying to scare you. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like the whole thing with um the fan fix of fan art. Hey, as one did back in the day. Especially yes. if you were using Tumblr. My status if you have a Tumblr, a Tumblr. Actually remember Slenderman being one of the Tumblr, one of the top Tumblr sexy men's. <laughs> Hello, who didn't? <laughs> yeah, because he was definitely on the. He was definitely a sexy man, even though Sans actually won first place on the sexy man. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, well deserved. Oh yeah, and then the whole like Slenderman's mansion, like you know, like you remember being a freaking nine-year-old or like just being a kid begging Slenderman to take you to his mansion. You'd be like, please, 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 just take me, just take me out of my bed, just take me. Take me anywhere, Slender Daddy. Oh my gosh, yes. And the thing about it is that with like creepypasta, like I, but personally though, I do say it a lot. I also just really love Tiki Toby. I would draw him a lot. Even the, even Jeff the Killer. <laughs> and even like in middle school, I actually do remember someone dressed up as Jeff the Killer. And honestly, they slayed. Yes, queen. Like they absolutely slayed. And also shout out to that person. If they went to CDA and they dressed up as Jeff the Killer that year that I was there, which I can't remember which which year exactly, but I remember I was also Bonnie the Bunny that year too. Which was a lot better than the time that I was just a piss poor angry bird emo. So <laughs> that's better than nothing, I suppose. Or the time when I saw a bunch of people dressed up as ketchup and mustards. Or, Very basic. Or were they Crayola crayons? I still can't tell to this day what exactly they were. So, tell us a little bit about your obsession for Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. I have a lot to say about FNAF because I have been into FNAF ever since the very beginning. And all I can say, I honestly just really love Toy Chica and she was my favorite character, but... The most of all that really stood out to me was actually Bonnie. So the thing with Bonnie is that I I love Bonnie and honestly, for some reason he stood out to me because probably because he's a bunny and I just love bunnies because they're so cute. And the thing, the funny thing about Bonnie is that he also gave, he literally gave Scott nightmares. Like that's what I mean, Bonnie was something else. Pretty ironic that Bonnie actually turned out to be the most scariest one at that time. The one that you would probably least expect because whilst in reality as i remember there was a youtuber who pointed out years ago which are if you if y'all and i know if y'all grew up in that era you remember smike who said bonnie is scary because he doesn't have eyebrows and that's facts right there people with no eyebrows are to not be trusted i mean unless you have alopecia which is a real serious condition that jada pinkett smith supposedly has But anyway, tell us more. But yeah, I do remember that Bonnie, he was, but like, you know, Bonnie stood out to me. And even to this day, I still have my FNAF posters from when I was a teenager or like even when I was a kid, like that Bonnie poster I have. I'm just surprised from all those other times I moved, that Bonnie poster is still in in good condition. 
along with my Miku poster. Hey. Seriously though, I got a Miku poster, and that is honestly, I love that poster, and it is the cutest poster I've ever gotten. <laughs> and honestly, I actually did consider actually bringing back my Bonnie cosplay again, which I'm hoping maybe you'll bring him back soon. Who knows? But you know, hopefully I'll get to debut him soon. Yeah, at this rate, I might as well cosplay Bonnie because my hair is currently slightly tinted purple-ish. It shows more in the sunlight. But I can't really think of anybody else who I would cosplay that matches my current color palette at the moment. Although my favorite FNAF character does happen to be the one, the only, Mangle. Mangle, yes. My, I, my favorite non-binary fox. Exactly. Circling back a little bit to the topic of creepypastas. Do you think it's fair to also assume that creepypastas are slightly being overtaken by the format now known in this day and age of true crime? If you remember the Slenderman, you know, the Slenderman murders, well, at least they're attempted when they attempted to murder the best friend, you know, for Slenderman, which and then, of course, it was actually another case. Okay, funny thing is, though, is uh, I remember binge watching Bailey Sarian, like, talk about these cases while I was playing Minecraft. As one does. Hello. So, <laughs> Who doesn't listen to true crime while playing video games or doing something? It's called multitasking, people. Exactly. All I just remember was that just, like, binging, like, every, like, you know, just binging some of the true crimes, like, based on, like, creepypastas and such. With everything that is in mind, that technically true crime overcame creepypastas a little bit, but they also circle a little bit into each other as a result of many true crime cases being the result of creepypastas popularity. Is that so? I can agree. I know there's definitely creepypasta like out there, you know, that's that's definitely based on like true crime cases. Which, and the thing is, though, I'm aware of it, but I don't really, like, look into it because it's just something that it's not worth, like, really, like, something I don't really think is ever worth my time, like, looking into. When I think of, like, fictions, like, based on actual cases, I actually do think that, you know, in the way, um, it's something I wouldn't really, like, look into very much or want to, like, get into because you just imagine how the victim, like, had suffered so horribly. Yeah, Lifetime, if you're listening right now, please stop making these horribly low-budget films about the real victims that literally no one asked for. Otherwise, it's a cease and desist that's just waiting to happen. You feel? Anyway, we're running a little bit out of time, and it appears like our next guest is actually waiting outside the studio as we speak, so any closing words before we head off into the commercial break, Miss Lena? It was honestly great being here because, like I said, my first podcast, but, you know, I hope to come here another time. Yeah, you did a really good job, and thank you so much for giving us all your different, like, knowledges and everything. Thank you. No problemo, indeed. We'll be right back after these messages. When you want somebody gone and you don't want to wait too long, call the immediate murder professionals. And grenade or cyanide will make it look like suicide. The immediate murder professionals, we do our jobs so well because we come straight from hell. We'll kill your husband and your wife. We'll even let you keep the knife. And kids die for free. Welcome back from that not-so-very-quick commercial break on the Pop Culture Pop Quiz podcast. Our next guest on this spooktacular edition of said podcast is the one and only true creepypasta horror expert himself, Mr. Abdiel Morales. Give yourself a hand. How you doing today? Hi, I'm Abdiel Morales. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing spooktacular myself. As the theme with this episode implies, we are talking a lot about different things that have to do with the sub-horror genre. And one of those interesting sub-horror genres from yesterdecade world of the internet would be none other than creepypastas themselves. Tell me a little bit about your experience with said sub-genre and what it meant to you at that time. 
at that time, the creepypastas really peaked around 2012, along with scary stories, campfire, internet campfire stories, and then you have your 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 uh, oogie oogie boogie scary tales like Slender Man, uh, Jeff the Killer. Then you have, uh, oh, I can't think of this on my head, but yeah, definitely. And those Amnesia, PewDiePie, the, those famous YouTubers really kicked off their career during those times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We loved PewDiePie. He was such an icon at that time. My name is PewDiePie. He was so awesome alongside Cryotic and so many other people. Can you recall the first time that you were introduced to Creepypasta readings back in the early 2010s of YouTube? You know, it was just that simple. I just looked up YouTube and... I looked up a man in a suit with kids and it popped up right there, all these black and white photos and the Google searches. And then they finally led me to a YouTube link to this game of the eight pages, stranded in the, in the middle of the forest for no reason. And you, when, every time you take a step, you hear, you hear crunching noises, which really puts you in the, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of a forest and something is, I'm not, I don't think I'm alone here. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And collect eight pages. That's what you do. What were some of your favorite horror games around that time other than the eight pages? Uh, definitely Jeff the Killer, and then you have uh, other variations of Slender Man, like oh, he's in, you're in a maze, you're in a house, abandoned asylum, uh, things like that. And then you have like you know like big triple A games like Resident Evil. Then you have uh, what you may call El Silent Hill. That's a really good psychological horror game. That's been around way longer than to that 2012, but it still holds up to this day, even though there's Konami and then all these uh, copyright and policy business people that are, you know, trying to fight over the franchise. But other than that, uh, right now in today's age, the Silent Hill 2 is going to be remade. So, you know, lots of old school horror fans are going to be looking, look really, 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 really looking forward to that. And so am I. I too am looking forward to said installment indeed. It is such an iconic moment in the world of horror video games. Speaking of which, another said popular franchise, which now has its long-awaited film adaptation coming soon, would be none other than Five Nights at Freddy's itself. Were you a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's at all? I do. I love Five Nights at Freddy's. So the first one was really got me intrigued. I love Foxy. He just runs up to you. He was the only, I think he's like the only movie animation uh, a villain that actually moves and then the rest of the people like Bonnie and Chica and Freddy they just they just wait they just stand still then as soon as you don't look at them they start moving which is eh, I mean that's fine and all but yeah but definitely Foxy's one of my favorite characters do you remember the first time that you were introduced to Five Nights at Freddy's I do it was way back when the first game first came out so my friend told me, oh, this is a Chuck E. Cheese game. And they go, okay. And it's scary. Oh, okay. I'll definitely take a look at it. And, well, what do you, what do you know? It, it actually is a, some sort of Jap- uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, adaptation of it. But it's so much done better. And it's, you know, you don't need a, you know, a, console, a, a, a gaming console or something expensive. It's just a download here on your computer and, you know, experience away. A lot of people have asked themselves in most recent years if creepypasta readings have been overtaken by the subgenre known as true crime, which usually comes in the form of YouTube video readings as well as podcasts. Do you believe this statement to be true? And if so, would you ever start your own true crime podcast? Uh, yes and no. Creepypastas and true crime pro- true crime uh, podcast. Uh, I mean, it's more like apples and oranges, you know. Uh, creepypastas are typically made up versus true crime horror. You know, that could happen to anyone. The crimes around the world, it could happen to any one of us, really. So that makes it a little, not scary, but just intriguing and kind of makes you think and 
and think, okay, so this ha- this happened to this person, so maybe I should not do what they did, or talk to this person, or get this person mad versus creepy pastas. Well, I mean, they some of them are true. I mean, you know, you have uh, hiking alone at uh, hiking alone at night, hiking in the woods, uh, internet stalking, or say um, grocery stores at night, night shift horror stories, gas station horror stories. Like a- any one of these can happen to any of us, but for the most part. Uh, both are good readings and something to sleep on, you know, as you're trying to go fall asleep. And will I stop my own true prime podcast? Uh, maybe. Most likely no, but I enjoy listening. Maybe I'll do a co-star like this one, but definitely I would stay in the podcasts and the creepypastas and definitely with the true crimes. I definitely would stay and listen for any of those stories. Are always welcome in my heart. Ooh, same here. It's such a mood indeed. And if you ever do want to be a co-host, we will definitely have you signed on. But, you know, you said something there that was very interesting that really caught my attention because I've noticed that it seems to be quite another like sort of common thread a lot recently, especially because I've noticed it on social media, that most of the time people find this stuff relaxing to listen to. And the majority of it seems to be suburban white women who find true crime podcasts to be both intriguing yet relaxing at the same time. Why, why do you think this is? I think because their lives are boring. Way too boring. <laughs> but no, 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 no. But I, I don't know. Um, probably because, you know, the suspense and the, oh my gosh, uh, you know, the best way to listen to these uh, true crime or creepypastas or any creepy games that you want to play is the best time, the best way to do it is to have your headphones on max volume at night alone in your room. And I guess with a little bonus, have doing laundry because the little laundry that machine makes noises and and like little, goes a little bump or a little boop 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 boop. But I mean, you know, uh, it's just how you experience it, how you do it. But definitely, yes, um, it's not just for white suburban women. It could be for anybody. But I'd say yes, it's a perfect time to. It's a perfect way to uh, get to kill time. I agree. And I can't really say I blame them, too. After all, listening to Creepypastas was like my form of bedtime stories as a wee little baby child and even still to this day. Our final question, do you think that true crime overtakes Creepypastas nowadays because people are more intrigued by real-life events as opposed to fiction? Depends who you're asking. The older generation probably would prefer true crimes or just what they see on the news versus the younger generation. I'd say they do prefer the creepypastas and say urban legends that, you know, every continent country has. So, yeah, it just depends who you ask. But I'd say creepypastas are slowly uh, taking over. Maybe at the at the least, they're just slowly taking over true crime. But overall, um, I'd say they're both and nice, great stories to listen to because, again, it passes the time and, you know, it's like a little, um, how, how would I say it? It's like a little PSA, like, oh, my gosh, be careful because this and this happened to this person. So that's why we're telling it to all you wonderful folks. Exactamundolicious. And there you have it, folks. Abdiel Morales, everybody. Give it up for him. Before we go, there is one more thing that we have to keep in mind, as we like to do with all our viewers and listeners on this show. Can you make up a creepypasta on the spot impromptu style so I was walking down my basement and I noticed a a doll on the floor Uh, I've never seen this doll before I live alone so I tried I went to up and pick it up as soon as I picked it up it turned its head 
and it smiled at me. I dropped it immediately, and then I woke up. The end. The end. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Abdiel Merlaz, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on to our show, and make sure that you stay safe out there. Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners as part of your closing remarks? Knowledge away. Knowledge away. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this installment of the Pop Culture Pop Quiz Podcast. Remember, everybody, lock your doors, hide your kids, hide your wife, because Slenderman is coming out to get you if you don't find those eight pages.